In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. Again, that is John, chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Till of today's message is God's love and judgment based on John chapter 3 verses 16 to 21. The book of Numbers, that's in the Old Testament, recorded an account of when the people of Israel spoke against God and Moses. And you'll find that in Numbers 21 verses 4 to 9. The Lord sent fiery serpents to teach them a lesson, which resulted in some deaths. The people panicked and asked Moses to pray for them. The Lord then instructed Moses to make a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. Whoever would look at the bronze serpent would be healed. The Lord Jesus explained that as the serpent was lifted, so should he. And he would be through the cross and the gospel. Allow me to read again the context before we jump to verse 16. I'd like to remind you the context from verse 14 and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Instead of looking at a bronze serpent, people could believe in him, resulting in eternal life. In the wilderness, God revealed that he was just and merciful at the same time. He sent the serpents to discipline the complaining Israel, yet he was merciful as he gave them a way of healing as well. God's judgment in the time of Christ and even before that, since the fall of man until today, God's judgment is already set because of sin. But through his son, he shows us 
his love and mercy. Now, one last thing before I leave this concept of the serpent. The bronze snake was a one-time event. Take note, one time. During that time, they were complaining. They just came out of Egypt. They were complaining against God, speaking against God. And against his servant. That the Lord sent serpents to come out and bite a lot of the Israelites. Well, enough to, for them to call on Moses. Because if it's just a few, then, oh, it's just incidental. But there were many snakes. And the, the Lord told Moses, set up a bronze snake so that when they look, they would be healed. And it was a one-time event, one-time event. However, people are misinformed or rebellious. They don't want to be informed. So what did a lot of them do after that? Even until the time of Hezekiah, they burnt incense. You know incense? Smoke offerings. Uh, in today's version, it's candles. In Chinese version, it's still incense. They burned incense so that in the time of King Hezekiah, he removed it and cut it down to pieces. And you can find that in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. The image of the snake... Or, let me extend that, or the crucifix, the image, cannot save people from sins. No matter how long you look at images, or you touch their feet, or pray to them, and you can justify it as a reminder. The snake was a reminder of God's justice and mercy in the wilderness, but people started burning incense on it. We're not worshiping, we're just bowing down in front of it. We're looking at it when we pray. We're just putting some candles. It's not worship. Well, Hezekiah removed it because they were burning incense. And they even gave it a name. But that's not the topic of discussion. You can look at 2 Kings 18.4. Now, it is sin that poisoned the souls of men like the snakes who poisoned the Israelites. It is sin from the time of Adam until today. It is our personal sin as well. And it is the sin of mankind that poisons our souls. Only Christ can heal us, can give us life eternal. Only He can reverse the consequence of the poison of sin in our souls. Now, let us go to verse 16. Having that context, let's read verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, God expressed his love for the world. Now, what is the meaning of the world. The Greek word is cosmos. Now, cosmos, the usage of it may mean many things. It could literally mean the whole created universe. It may also mean humanity. 
all of humanity. Or if you look at the Bible context, the world meaning from every people, from every tribe and nation. It is somehow John perhaps telling them it's not only for the Jew, but also for everyone. Whoever. Doesn't have to be just Jew, but whoever believes in him should have, should not perish, but have eternal life. Take note of the usage not perish in relation to the snake or the poison. And John, we know from John chapter 1, he writes in parallels. He gives a dual approach to some of the things he's mentioning. And that was, that's a very Jewish style of writing. Sometimes two things mean the same thing, or two things are in contrast but expressing the same thought. The purpose of sending the Son is to save, not to condemn. Because the Son didn't have to condemn. Why? Sin already condemned the world. The bronze serpent was not sent to condemn, though it was sent to heal because they were already poisoned. Within the context, the love of God is expressed through Jesus Christ, and that is His mercy as well. It's just amazing. And John, the writer of the gospel according to him, to his name, it means according to his witness, according to his viewpoint. He's the only one in all the four synoptic gospels who mentioned, for God so loved the world. It's just amazing. And if you look at the whole New Testament, there were few instances, few, that the love of God was discussed. Romans, it was mentioned once or twice. If you look at other texts of Scripture, it was mentioned, but not so much. What was the major discussion? The major discussion is really on who Christ is and explaining the significance of what He has done. Paul in Romans and Galatians explained more about justification by faith than the love of God to us. Yet we treasure every mention of the love of God in Scripture. Because God's love is amazing. However, we have to preach it and understand it and teach it and share it within the context every time it was mentioned. Because the problem in today's preaching is overemphasis on something that seems so appealing to people's ears. And let's forget the context. Let's just preach something that will encourage them this Sunday. And let's forget the rest. And so what happens, you think of a God that is not just, only love. And that becomes a problem. Because if you don't see God as just, the fear of the Lord is removed from your mind and in your conscience. It becomes easier to you for us to fall into sin. It becomes easier for us to compromise. It becomes easier for us to speak against God, to complain against God, 
easier if you remove the fear of God, if you remove the justice of God. Now, here we will study that God's love, as John explained it, is within the context as well of His justice. Starting from the snakes, starting from the, the, the allusion of Christ from Numbers chapter 21. Now, the Son did not come into the world to condemn the world because the world was already condemned. But there is even a greater judgment because there was already a way out of the condemnation. Yet people did not believe in Him. Of course, when we say the word believe, it's not the same as how demons believe in Christ. The demons believe. And that's what James was mentioning your faith is good for nothing because there was no evidence of works. Now, James was not saying that works is the barometer of somebody having eternal life. Never in Scripture did it say that. But what? It is just the proof, the result of somebody who truly believes. They will obey because that is the result. My point, number one, God's love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Now, take note, the love of God in the context of verse 16 is through Christ. Now, what happens if you've been preaching the love of God to somebody without explaining the justice of God? So, what do you, how do you open it? God loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for you. It's not enough. If you believe in the Son of God, if you believe in Jesus Christ completely, everything He said, if you believe in Him and follow Him, which is following Him is believing in Him, but if you do not, that is missing. What will happen? Then you are condemned already. We don't have to judge you. The justice of God, according to Scripture, already condemned you. That is missing in the gospel presentations in this era, in the last 100 years. I'm not saying all, but I've heard a lot. I've been through training how, how to evangelize. It's so much of giving encouragement. God loves you for who you are. Uh, you can add God condemns them for who they are also. Because that's parallel. That's also truth. Is that possible? Yes, God has this dual approach to things. In Ezekiel 18, he says, it, I do not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. Yet his justice is also satisfied in the death of the wicked. The dual part of God where he wants to show mercy, yet he has to be just. A good earthly judge would be just. And still find mercy. But if you do behave well, your sentence may be shortened or something. For God so loved the world. Take note, it's in the Son. But if you do not follow the Son of God, you are already condemned. Because of a century or more of preaching of God's love without His justice... 
We have non-Christians questioning if God is love, why will he allow people to hell? It becomes now a philosophical issue. Then we have to explain he is also just. What do you want your justices on earth, your Supreme Court? Do you want them just? What if is their only son committed treason against the country? What is the penalty of the Supreme Court if the chief justice is his own son? What do, you ex what do the people expect? The people expect justice. But in this case, Christ was not guilty. But there was a way in Old Testament law. The way of substitution. That somebody who has not sinned, innocent, can die for others. And that was used usually on animals. But the blood of animals are not perfect. So they do it year after year after year. But the blood of Christ was perfect. Only He could substitute us. Now we appreciate the love of God based on the justice of God. And that is the right way of understanding it. Sometimes we, it's disfigured, the concept of the love of God in many minds. If God is love, why did he allow this? Huh. What sins have you done, my friend? What sins have you done? A single sin. Just one is worthy of judgment. That's why we do not pray, give me fairness, O Lord. Because fairness means all of us go to hell. So we pray for what? Mercy. Judgment. Let's talk about judgment. Oh. Oh, dear pastor, I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting a really emotional message this morning based on the love of God. Oh, we love God and praise God for His Son. Forever we shall be grateful. Forever till eternity. Never-ending gratitude because we deserve nothing. Verses 18 to 19 says, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. Praise God. Do we believe? Do you truly and deeply believe? Or are you selective believing? I believe in what he said here, but my opinion of here is not. Are you selective? If you're selective, you do not believe. It's believing in him. And believing in his word. And we will study in John 17, it's also believing in his apostles. Because he explained to them the way. And he wrote of the way. And that's what we see in the New Testament. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. That is Jesus Christ. And people love the darkness rather than the light. Because their works were evil. Now, the one who does not believe is condemned because he does not believe in the Son. We read that. The judgment of God is thus. The light came, but people preferred evil deeds. Let me paraphrase. Because they preferred evil deeds. 
What, what does that mean? The context is saying to us, if you truly believe, you don't like evil deeds. If you truly believe, you don't like sin. And uh, the true believer fights against sin all their life till their death. We will fight. There's a battle of flesh and spirit within us. But if you don't even fight, <laughs> I don't think you believe. You're not even in the fight. You just keep giving in and giving in and giving in. Life's pleasures. Why not experience it? Everybody's doing it anyway. You can because God will forgive me anyway. That's one proof that the fear of God is not in you. You have to understand, perhaps, yes, the Lord will forgive you. But don't we fear that a God is also a God of consequences? That what you sow, you shall reap. That what we do has consequences in the future. Do we not fear that? A foolish decision here can be a lifetime problem. The text implies that those who genuinely believe would leave their evil deeds. In other words, believing is also repenting. Because if you believe the judgment, the light has come, but they stayed in their evil deeds. It means if you believe, you will, like what repentance is, turn away from sin. The words repent and believe are two faces of the same coin. There's a technical term for this, hendiadis. What is a hendiadis? It's like, it's warm and sunny today. It's warm today and it's sunny. It, it, it supports one another. It's the same thing, but not exactly the same thing, right? Sunny is sunny and warm is warm. They're two, but the same. It means they're together. Two faces of the same coin. If one truly repents, one will believe. And if one truly believes, one will repent of their sins. Now, the writer of the Gospel of John did not mention the word repentance. Instead, he used the word believe. Yet he explained that believing in the Son also means Leaving the evil deeds, which is repentance. And third point is the light. Everyone who claims to believe in the Son but continues to pursue evil is a liar. Everyone who does not turn away from wicked things hates the light because the light will expose the evil. Coming to the light means humbly acknowledging our wickedness. I am a sinner. But if you say, no, I'm not too bad. I'm not like the others. I don't hurt people. Uh, my sins are minor. Uh, then you don't understand that a sin is a sin and a sin makes us guilty. Let's read verses 20 and 21. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. So we've got Christianized people, Christianized Loving worship songs, nice song, 
and even singing and praying, thank you, Jesus. I love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? I love him too. Oh, Jesus loves me. That's great because I love me too. We have taken one side of God. God loves you for who you are. We did forgot the other side of God. But there is divine law, which God cannot ignore. Otherwise, he will not be a just God. Yet he provided a way for mercy. Yet he provided a way because of his love. And it's clearly here that those who believe in Him, and we have to explain that believing in Him is, is loving the light or not hating the light. And the opposite of that is doing deeds of darkness. We have to explain that. But what's the explanation today? Oh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, pray this prayer with me. Therefore, Raise your hand and come here. Now, I have no issues with somebody raising their hand and we praying for them. I have no issue with somebody coming to the front for, for what they call an altar call. I have no issue of praying with you. But if you don't clearly say that what? Eternal life is believing in Him. And really explaining what that is. And making it so simple and so easy to the point of... Just saying a prayer. And that was it mean what it means to accept him. Now, John 1:12, to them who received him, comma, believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God who were not born of the will of man or the will of the flesh, but of God. They are born of God. They are born of the Spirit. They are born from above. And another term that was used, they are born again. It means there's a new life there, birthed by God Himself. And that new life doesn't like the things of the world, likes the scriptures, likes, loves God, worships God, fears God. That is the new life within us. It is the promise through Jeremiah and Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart. A new heart. And that is what we pray for. A new heart. You want to follow him? Lord, I want to believe. Help me to believe. I acknowledge my sin. Because those who hate the light do not want their sins to be exposed. I'm a sinner. Those who cannot acknowledge their own wickedness in the light of Christ do not believe. But whoever comes to the light of Christ will confirm his own wickedness. And by His grace, discontinue the wickedness by His grace alone. Because obeying Christ with our own strength, it's impossible. We cannot obey Him unless He has graced upon us that we can obey Him. But we have to believe in that. Because from the start, you don't believe that He has given us the grace to obey then you will make excuse upon excuse upon excuse upon excuse. And the favorite excuse is, I'm only a man. In Filipino, it's more gender-friendly. Tao lang ako. Yeah. 
And I encourage you, my friend, to go back to this simple context, because once you give that reason, it is not acceptable. We just keep acknowledging we are sinners, wretched sinners, needing the grace of God. We want to believe. And if we do believe, when we find that freedom, we acknowledge Him alone for it. Those who believe in Christ completely are those born of the Spirit. Application, believe in God's love through the Son. Many misinterpret the love of God. Instead of using biblical truth, they use their own definition of God and His love, which sometimes distorts the truth. You know, I think God is like this. You know, my opinion is God is, for me, God is this. What does the Scripture say? Then you cannot also take verses here like the devil when he, he tempted Christ. He used verses here and there out of context. And sometimes that's what we do to justify ourselves. Hopefully not with us. We must think biblically about God's love. And we treasure God's love. But it is always presented with the justice of God. There is a kind of love that blesses everybody. And yeah, we can say that God loves everybody because He sends rain to everybody. He, he, he warms us with the sun every day. That is, in effect, God's love expressed, but that is that God's love expressed in temporal blessings. And yes, when God, somebody acknowledges God, that praise God, thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Yes, we acknowledge God, but when it comes to the salvation of the soul, when it comes to eternal life, God's love is expressed through the Son alone. It is following Christ. It is believing in Christ. And Christ did say, you'll find that in Mark 1.15, repent and believe in the gospel. That we believe, we follow. Next, be aware of the judgment. Many are not aware of the judgment that already exists because of sin. We must remain fully aware of the mercy that God provided through His Son. Like the Israelites who were bitten by poisonous snakes in the wilderness, there was no hope for us until God made a way. God made a way for love and mercy, and that is through Christ. However, let me segue an application because it's relevant to our context let us warn people not to burn incense or candles on statues of the crucifixion. Now, if you have jewelry, nice cross, I'm nothing against that. But when you say, oh, Jesus, help me, you've got, I've got a problem with you now. Now, if you want it there for the sake of jewelry, fantastic. I, nice, nice pendant, nice necklace. Then you, you feel troubled as if that, thing there and I wish I would be Hezekiah to take it from you and chop it to pieces no let's just sell it <laughs> what do we do faith in him you think that statue gives something some magic in your in your office or in your room No, the symbols of God's mercy are not to be faced because Jesus already said in John, 
as John spoke, as John wrote it to us, as Jesus discussed about the snakes, he said about not no longer looking at those images, but what? And those who believe in me will have eternal life. Praise God, eternal life. I watch sometimes these films. And the theme of eternal youth, living forever. You know, some fiction writers really write about that. And we are suckers for these stories, right? <laughs> and uh, for va entertainment value, it's fantastic. Uh, but for truth value, he already showed us the way to eternal life. And he would repeat this. Jesus will repeat this. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet they shall live. Life eternal was already revealed in Scripture. And third application, proclaim the gospel. Christ was lifted up on the cross. He died and was buried. He was raised from the dead. He ascended to heaven. God healed the Israelites through the bronze serpent that he was put on the pole. But Christ has ascended from the dead and ascended to heaven. God gives us eternal life by believing in the Son. Through His Spirit, let us believe and tell people to believe. We must proclaim God's love through the Son. The Bible is not just obeying. Don't, oh, at least I shared some scripture. Yeah, but you have to share the gospel. Suffering, death, resurrection, repent and believe. That should be all explained. Not just because you got people to read, that's first step. Let them read the Bible. Encourage them to read with you. And along the way, we must explain. We must explain God's love through the Son. Praise God, a way out was given. Because we are already condemned because of our sin. Now, we understand in this context that Jesus Christ, the coming of Christ, is God's love expressed. But let's not forget the other one. Why were they condemned? They were already condemned before, but why will they be condemned all the more? Because the light has come, and it was ignored. It was hated. What is the judgment? Jesus Christ and the things of Christ is not priority in my life. If I have time, I'll give it to the Lord. But now I'm busy with life. I'm busy with business. I'm busy with my ambitions. I'm busy taking care of the responsibilities left and right. Therefore, then you do not believe. Because he said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. First, not if you have time. Now, God knows I'm busy. Yeah, but he's still a just God. You think that changes anything? It doesn't change anything. Remember, coming on Judgment Day, but you, Lord, you know I was busy. Bag, no excuse. It's just like students. After I have submitted the grade, will come begging for extra work to change the grade. You could have computed your grade before and negotiated with me. The time for mercy is now before death. Now, not after death. 
COVID made us aware of our mortality. Anybody can die. You imagine being a health buff, careful with everything you eat, and suddenly Delta hits you. Your immune system, though healthy, was not prepared for such. Has not developed the antibodies for such. There was no herd immunity. No matter how healthy you are, you don't know the time of your death. I heard and read in the news somebody, a YouTuber, talking about health, things to eat, and died because a bottle of whipped cream exploded in front of her, pierced through her chest, and killed her. Healthy, but dead. Ah, please don't stop being healthy or trying to be healthy. But I'm just saying that's no assurance. I have heard stories of somebody who went to battle against the insurgents. Bullets flying above his head. Never got hit once. But after retirement, he tried cycling. He got hit by a car and died. Who knows? Another news. A woman minding her own business. Cooking in her own, own kitchen. The safest place she could be. In her own house. Then a trainer plane crashed on her house. And she died upon impact. You know, death is strange. When? Can you imagine? Hopefully it doesn't happen to any of us because it's hard to explain, right? How'd she die? Oh, a uh, plane crashed on her. Unforeseen, unprepared, unknowing. We are already condemned. But mercy is through the Son. We must proclaim God's love through the Son. However, we must not neglect about God's judgment. In the same context, the writer expressed the love of God through Christ and God's judgment to all who do not believe. We must proclaim a complete gospel. God loves you. That is true. And we tell people that, but we must also tell them, but God is just. The Father is just. His justice will prevail. But through divine law, through Christ, He took the judgment upon Him. Whoever believes is forgiven. 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 I share to you a piece of poetry called God's Love. God's Love. God's love in the scripture we read, and to all listen and believe, through Jesus Christ alone we see about eternal guarantee. The purpose was not to condemn because we were already condemned. Our sin brought judgment to ourselves. Scripture clearly calls us rebels. In his love we ought to believe, eternal life we shall receive. And believing is repenting from sin, 
away we must be turning, but also believing in Him from the heart and from deep within, believe in who He is and more as revealed, which we can't ignore. Revealed by whom? This we might ask. The law, the prophets, we unmask. It was written, but not so seen. We must be born again to see. The testimonies we believe, their witness we truly receive. The Baptist and the apostles, and so the many, the so many disciples. Then do we stand condemned or not? It's not about taking a shot. But by His love, we do believe. Condemned no more, new life conceived. Let us all rise. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your great love through Christ. You have great love for all the people on the earth. And one evidence is just the delay of the judgment. Just by delaying the judgment, you expressed your love already. Yet you only give eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ. May we believe Him as you want us to believe in Him. Not like the demons who believe, but yet remain rebels. For there is no salvation for them. But for us, humanity, you loved of all nations, of all colors, of all peoples, of all languages, that whoever believes in Him shall have eternal life. You have allowed us to jump from condemnation to forgiveness to life. Teach us to understand that your love, within the context of who you are, that you are also a just God. We thank you as well that no matter what our sin is, we might think there's big and small sins, yet a sin is a sin. And by following you and believing in you, you have atoned for our sins. For we cannot atone for our sins. We cannot pay for them. We cannot afford it. We are impure. Only the Holy One of God the unblemished Lamb of God can pay for the debt. May we proclaim for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yet may we also proclaim, but those who do not believe are already condemned because they continue in the works of darkness. And may we define that the works of darkness are laid out in Scripture, which includes hatred, gossip, slander, which includes lust, adultery, fornication, sex outside of marriage, homosexuality. All are sin. Teach us not to justify our sin. Teach us to turn away from idolatry. 
Teach us to believe and to follow our one and only hope, our one and only salvation, Christ Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with us all. God's people say, Amen. Good morning.